Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast Conference Championship Preview. My name is Hakun Wong, and I'm here with Ryan Whitfield, senior staff writer from Football Garbage Time. Hey, Ryan, how you doing? Uh, doing great. Championship week is uh, it's always one of the best weeks of the year, so I'm, uh, I'm doing wonderful. Well, I'm sure a championship week is one of the best weeks in the year for Patriots fans, because they're there basically all the time. So, uh... I'm sure it's always something to look forward to you guys. Yeah, I think six years in a row is not bad, and 11 out of 15. It's uh, pretty much penciled under the calendar every year. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you this. I had a friend who uh, actually was a big NCAA March Madness fan. He used to skip Christmas holidays. He used to actually not actually take that time off, work through it so he could save up time, and they'd take two weeks off over the over March Madness. I assume that all of Boston is that way with uh, around this time of the year. They skip the holidays and then take off conference trip championship weekend and then Super Bowl weekend and all the week leading up to that. Is that how it is in Boston? I mean, it's pretty crazy. Um, you know, I, I grew up uh, during my younger years when the Patriots were bad and, uh, you know, everyone had Super Bowl parties. Um, but, you know, it's, it's so automatic for us around here. I host every single year the divisional round playoff um, and then at least one buddy, um, you know, hosts the, the conference championship weekend because we, you know, I, again, it can kind of sound kind of sound arrogant, but we're just we're so penciled in for it that we always we have we have plans every year for for, for events for those weekends. Well, it doesn't sound arrogant. It sounds like a heck of a lot of fun. I kind of wish I had a team that <laughs> could give me one playoff game in the last uh, two or three years, and I'm a, and I'm not hoping for one in the next five years either with those with those terrible Bears. But with that said, <laughs> we got a lot to cover today, and we're going to talk about your favorite topic in a minute. But let's go ahead and get to the... Uh, game previews. Okay, so I hit the, hit the, <laughs> hit the sound uh, button a little bit too early there. But anyway, let's get rolling with our first game of the week. And we're going to hold off on the, the game that I know you're most interested in, because we're going to talk about the NFC first. We're going to talk about the number four-seeded Green Bay Packers at the number two seeded Atlanta Falcons. This game is going to be this Sunday at 3.05 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox. Packers have won eight consecutive games. Their offense puts up uh, put up a season-high 38 points in the wildcard game against one of the best defenses in the country, the New York Giants, and they just managed to eke out in exciting fashion a win over the Dallas Cowboys with a 52-yard field goal twice, actually, by Mason Crosby in the last three seconds of the game, and they win 34-31, to albeit after blowing an 18-point first-half lead. Now, Aaron Rodgers was amazing as usual, led the way, 355 yards, two touchdowns, throwing his first interception in the last eight games, and Ty Montgomery had two short touchdowns to help put his team over the top. The Falcons, on the other hand, are also on a win streak, a seven-game win streak, and the Falcons came out the bye week to take care of business against the Seattle Seahawks as they won 36-20. to And, of course, Seattle's score is artificially inflated with a garbage-time touchdown in the last three minutes of the game. So, really, the Falcons were in control most of that game and didn't have any issues into the fourth quarter. Now, Ryan totaled 338 passing yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions, and Freeman and Coleman combined for 102 rushing yards and a touchdown there, and 102 receiving yards, and a touchdown there. No heroics required, as I said. Falcons win, and they had this well in hand essentially the entire game. So, 
Let's go to you here, Ryan. Tell us, what do you think about this NFC Conference Championship game between the Green Bay Packers and the Atlanta Falcons? Yeah, I think this is, this is the perfect Matt Ryan moment. Um, everyone believing in him. He won a second playoff game. This is the moment where there's expectations now, and he's going to go out there and think he's going to play like Matt Ryan plays um, in, in big spots. So um, I think that's the most interesting storyline. Um, I think that the second most interesting is whether or not um, Aaron Rodgers can keep playing um, literally out of his mind like he has been now um, since he said they could run the table. And then you kind of touch on the third biggest point, and uh, I'll bring in all four teams. Um, I had hoped I'd get home from work early enough to uh, to kind of do a do a quick breakdown of this because it's going to take some research, but maybe I'll run the numbers for next week's show. Um, mm-hmm. I would be surprised if you've ever seen four winning streaks like this in the conference championship weekend. Both the Patriots <laughs> and the Steelers are on nine-game win streak. The Packers are on an eight-game win streak, and the Falcons are on a seven-game win streak. It is right. it is insane. You have you have literally, I think the four best best teams um, in in the conf, or in the in the league this year in the conference championship, and I think you have the four hottest teams. Um, so I'm not surprised that either you know either team on the NFC side. Um, I thought both of them would win last week, um, and with all that said, you know, it's just at the end of the day, just I don't know how you bet against Aaron Rodgers right now. Um, guys, guys doing things that that is unbelievable, single-handedly carrying this team um, towards the title run right now. So, um, you know, those are really all the kind of things I'm looking forward to in this game, and then to see if the Packers' defense has, has quietly been playing really well. Um, you know, I know they give some points late to the Cowboys, but the Cowboys. I think that that offense is good, and I don't think that those kids are were overwhelmed by the moment. So I knew they were going to come back and fight back in that game a little bit. Um, but mm-hmm. I think the Packers' defense actually played surprisingly well. So them matched up against the high-flying Falcons' offense will definitely be the X factor in the game on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And uh, seeing how uh, Ladarius Gunter and how Demarius Randall will hold up in coverage will be interesting too, because Randall has, was struggling last week to even cover. Jason Witten, and I can tell you, Jason Witten is a great football player, uh, and I know that we disagree on how great a football player he is, but I, I think we can agree that he is not fast. He's definitely not fast. So there are some issues there uh, if they're having troubles and that's have a coverage. So let me ask you this question. So you mentioned both Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers, arguably two of the hottest quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And what's interesting about this is if you look at what they've done recently, okay, and, and it's no surprise to anybody, but for Aaron Rodgers, from week 11 to the end of the regular season, had the fifth-best completion percentage, second-best passer rating in the league, and over the last six games of the regular season, he threw her 15 touchdowns without a single interception. And as I mentioned, this last weekend was his first interception in eight games. Okay, so that's amazing. And over this eight-game winning streak, Rodgers has – and 117.9 passer rating. Now, if I turn over to Matt Ryan, now Matt Ryan has thrown 11 touchdowns and no interceptions in the last four games of the regular season. Uh, the Falcons' offense has scored at least 28 points in those last six games of the regular season, nine of the last ten. A lot of that was on the back of Matt Ryan. Uh, and in the seven-game win streak, Ryan has a passer rating of 121.6. That's actually higher than what Rodgers has in his streak. Now, do you really, I know we've been talking about this all season, and I, and I totally, history is against him, but do you really think that Matt Ryan is going to implode this week against the Green Bay Packers? I think implode is strong, um, but I think he'll have a, a less desirable game. So, 
Do I uh, think he's going to go out there and throw zero touchdowns, three interceptions? No, but I think um, I think you'll see a performance um, closer to the way um, that Brady played against the Texans last week. Um, maybe with a little bit higher of a completion percentage, I would say he's going to be over 50%. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he goes out there and he completes, you know, 58, 59, maybe 60% of his passes at best. Um, and he throws, you know, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and they, and they lose the game by a touchdown. You really look at it and say, eh, you're a dome team, you're home. You had one of the best, right. if not the best, one of the best offenses in the league this year. And in a game against a bad defense on your home territory when the spotlight was on, you came out and you played average. Because um, Matt Ryan's never been – Matt Ryan is not horrible in these moments typically. He's just right. uh, not as good as he needs to be. And definitely he definitely has to step back. So that's what, I, that's what I'm yeah. expecting more so than anything because cause we haven't talked about it all year. So I'm not, I'm not coming off my take now. So whether that's stubbornness <laughs> or whatever, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to claim he's going to choke – you know, if he goes and wins this game, I'll still take it for the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, we'll uh, we'll see how it goes down at the end here. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they both have uh, they're both facing weak defenses uh, that uh, have can be exploited. I mean, the uh, Green Bay secondary is weak. Uh, they're running thin at cornerback. Like I mentioned, Legunter, uh, sorry, Ladarius Gunter has been the main guy there. He's been okay. Um, we'll, he'll probably be seeing a lot of Julio Jones this weekend. Uh, but Demarius Randall has been subpar. He's not been living up to expectations, and I think there'll be some issues there. And in fact, the Green Bay defense is fifth worst in the NFL defending against wide receiver ones, and fourth worst at defending against wide receiver twos, according to Football Outsiders. So there means there might be some room to roam for Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu. But on the other hand, the Falcons defense allows an average of 25.4 points per game in the regular season, which is the sixth most in the NFL, and we know those Packers can put up a lot of points. So there's going to be a lot of, uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a shootout. But I think the, the one kind of turning point here may be the ground game because both of those quarterbacks are so good and both of those receiving cores are so good, even though Jordy Nelson is probably going to be out with two fractured ribs and Devonta Adams may be out with an ankle sprain. I still think that those two offenses in the, over the air are really good. But what about the ground game, Ryan? What do you think about that? Ty Montgomery had a big game this week. Uh, he did really well. Christian Michael, not so much. Uh, but, of course, you turn to the other side, and Devontae Freeman and Kevin Coleman have been uh, some of the most productive two uh, back backfields uh, in the NFL. So what do you think? Uh, when you compare those two ground games, who do you think has the advantage there? Well, if you compare the ground games, I'm going to give the edge to the – um, the Falcons, just because they have two guys who can do it, um, and really more so because I think it's more important what they do, catching the ball out of the backfield. Um, so I think that gives them the X factor there. I think Christian Michaels, for a couple games, started to show you a little bit with his, you know, um, full speed, aggressive running tech, uh, styles, but uh, I think you saw, um, you know, last week some of the, the boneheaded um, plays that, that he's known for and why why he can't ever stick on a roster. So, um, you know, and at the end of the day, it's good time Montgomery's been. He's a converted receiver to running back. When you get a guy, um, I heard a line today that actually I, I loved that was uh, when you got a, when you have a guy wearing the number 88 as you're starting running back in the backfield and you don't really have a running back. So <laughs> as good as he's been, you know, I'm still, I, I'm still, I mean, especially that two-headed monster they have in Atlanta. And again, I think for me, the biggest thing is, um, you know, the threat that they pose when they come out of the backfield. 
Right, right. I totally agree with that. Now, Devontae Freeman and Kevin Coleman have combined for an average of 4.5 yards per carry, carry, and they picked up first downs on 25.7% of their carries. Uh, You know, it'll be important for them to keep the ground game going because I think, unlike the Packers, the Falcons cannot become one-dimensional and just throw the ball. I think the Packers can win on that formula. I don't think the Falcons have that ability on the back, back of Matt Ryan. So let's get to the uh, let's get to the prediction time. All right. So over under on the game is 61. Atlanta is currently favored by four and a half at home. What do you think? Prediction time. Will they cover the over under? Are they going to be over under? Is it going to be the kind of cover the spread? Will the Falcons or the Packers win this game? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm taking Green Bay, um, and I, I think they're going to go under on the points. I think it's going to be a 28 to 20 game, and uh, the Falcons are going to be have, have the ball last, and they're going to be driving and. They're going to get it down inside the probably the 30 right before Matt Ryan throws a devastating interception at their season. <laughs> all right, sticking to your to your all season long prediction that that there will be some mistake that Matt Ryan does in order to take them out of the running. So I will say this: I uh, I am going to take the uh, the over on the 61 points. I actually think that there's going to be a crap load of scoring this weekend. I think it'll be a mega mega shootout. Uh, I think it will come down to the fourth quarter. I think both teams will be probably within a score in that first, in that fourth quarter, and it will depend on how they perform at that time. I do think that Matt Ryan will be able to pull through, though, and I am going to pick the Atlanta Falcons, but I will not pick them to cover the spread. I think that the, uh, the Packers will be within that four-and-a-half points. All right, so that brings us to the end of that game. Let's ring the bell on that. And go on to our second game, uh, of the day, and that's the one that I know you're going to be interested in talking about, and that is the number three Pittsburgh Steelers versus the number one seeded New England Patriots in the AFC Conference Championship game. That will be at 6.40 p.m. Eastern Time on CBS. Uh, now, the Steelers, of course, you know, Ben, Bell, Brown, they hadn't played a playoff game together until this year. And in the first time against, uh, against the Dolphins in the wild card, they basically crushed them. But then they went to Arrowhead to face the Chiefs, and they failed to score a single touchdown, eking out a two-point win essentially on the last plays of the game. Uh, Patriots, on the other hand, handily beated the Houston Texans, although it was surprisingly close to the first three quarters. Patriots are now on an eight-game winning streak and have lost only once this season with Tom Brady at quarterback, and that was Week 10 against the Seahawks. I won't say more about the Patriots or the Steelers, so I'm going to turn this over to you, Ryan. Tell us, what are your thoughts about the Steelers and the Patriots? Yeah, so first before I really move on to that game, I do have to say one little piece here um, about, about how the Steelers got here. Um, I know I've made my feelings on him very clear in the past, but I guess I want to take it a little over the top here. And really, really, okay. really lay my cards on the what, table. You over the top, Ryan? Get City out of here. Huh? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll lay my, uh, if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs, I cut Travis Kelsey yesterday. That guy is the ultimate tool. He is, he is one of, he might be the most hateable player in the entire NFL. He is a brat. He is a child. He has no emotional control. He has deep psychological issues with, with his inability to, to rein in his emotions. He should be a therapist. He is literally the Grayson Allen of the NFL. Um, and, and my last point is, you know what, I hear this every single year, and I wanted this, the Chiefs to win this game. Because I hear this every single year that we're not taking the Chiefs serious enough, we're not taking the Chiefs serious enough. The other night is the reason why. We do not take you serious. So anyone who's listening from Kansas City, don't ever bring your team up again. You guys are trash. You suck. Alex Smith is <laughs> never going to win a Super Bowl 
Andy Reid will never learn. How many times does Andy, does Andy Reid's team have to come down to the fourth quarter with zero timeout? I mean, how many times do I have to watch that movie? That that last drive, they needed the two-point conversion because there was only two and a half minutes left. They got the ball back with almost nine minutes left in the game. They drove for six minutes to get six points. It is maddening. You are not to be taken serious, and the Steelers are lucky <coughs> to be here. We've, me and you have talked about their road struggles. We've talked about the, mm-hmm. the Roethlisberger home and away split, and those all came to fruition yep. again last weekend. But the Kansas City Chiefs are too stupid to take care of it or take advantage of it at home. So, um, with all that said, I think it's going to be a good game this weekend. The Steelers are a scary uh, opponent for the Patriots. Um, I know what the home and road splits are. I mean, you've talked about it. I know yep. <clears throat> that Big Ben is not great at home. Uh, I mean, on the road. Um, that offense isn't great on the road. We saw it last week in Kansas City. 18 points at a 6-6 field goal. And if you're taking field goals at that rate like that against the Patriots, then you're going to lose. Because uh, Tom Brady's going to put up a little more than 18 points in this game. So, um, But with that said, the reason why they scare me is because they do have the potential. So even if they do underperform most of the time, they have the players that they can go on, uh, go out there and have a big day. So, um, you know, that, that part of the stuff is uh, frightening as a Patriots fan. I think that their defense, their coverage is awful. They don't have good corners. Me and you, and I haven't changed my mind on this. I don't care how much the, the NBC crew tried to sell me on Artie Burns the other night. I don't like Artie Burns. I thought it was a bad pick when they picked Artie Burns. And, I'll, and, and, until, and until he becomes an elite corner, I'll never say that that was a good pick. Um, they reached for him. I wouldn't have picked him there. So I think he can be exploited. Um, I'm drawing a blank on 31, the kid on the other side there. But he's not very good either. Um, so, so that's really where the Patriots have to have to take advantage. I think they got decent uh, safety play with with uh, Mike Mitchell and um, the other kid there, Smith Jr. Sanders Jr. Whatever his name is back there. Um, so I think that'll be good. I think I think their defensive line is underrated. I think people don't don't understand how good Bud Dupree is. Um, me and you obviously yeah, right. stuff on to it. Um, and then yep. and then you have you know some of the the you know the guys drinking from the fountain of youth or. Uh, special doctors, uh, <clears throat> Harrison, um, that are, you know, the, the funniest the funniest time they dropped from the broadcast the other night was telling us that Joey Porter's one year younger than, uh, they're one year younger than uh, James Harrison, yet he's his linebacker's coach and then retired for five years. So, I mean, that just tells you <laughs> how ridiculous it is what James Harrison's doing right now. Um, with all that said, Tom Brady's best QBR as a professional the team, the team that he has the best QBR against, and I think it's like in the 116, 118 range, is against mm-hmm. um, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has always been, for better or for worse, they've always been a team that does what they do. Um, they have an identity, they've always had an identity, and they don't, they don't game plan specifically tailor what they're going to do. Um, so, you know, the big thing I think they got exposed in the Patriots last week was that if you bring your edge rusher and bring them up the middle, you know, moving County and Merciless inside to attack Cooney and uh, mm-hmm. attack uh, uh, Dave Andrews there, um, you can get to Brady that way. But Pittsburgh doesn't do right. that. Pittsburgh is an Ed rushing team, and they're not going to adapt just for one game because it's just not in their DNA. I don't know why it isn't, but it isn't. So what they're going to do instead is what they always do. They're going to come off the edge, they're going to play zone, and they're going to try to zone blitz. Um, Brady's always carved that up, and he continues to carve it up. Um, so I, I think... I think the Patriots will, will have some success on offense. Um, you know, you got to hope that the Michael Floyd um, play was uh, just a little bit, or his plays last week 
um, was, I don't know, jitters or shrinking in the moment. But what it looked like to me was somebody who uh, alligator arms going across the middle who wanted no business of inside slants in the cold, um, right. which is, you know, the – the, the textbook, uh, you know, the textbook on a, on a soft diva receiver. Um, and that's what I saw on Sunday. So um, they definitely have some issues to fix there. And I think this is the fun the biggest test the defense will face. You know, the defense has been um, statistically elite for a long time um, this season. Uh, and, yep. you know, I think what we're going to see is if, if they can actually match up um, in, in these moments. And, um, you know, I know you talk about the, uh, your football outsider site there all the time. Um, they've actually ranked the Patriots schedule this year as the, as the mm-hmm. easiest schedule that any team has played in the NFL in six years. So right. that, that, that could be the ultimate chink in the armor for the Patriots. Um, and I, so I think Sunday's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a tough game. I just have to rely on history that, that most of the time Brady's successful against this defense. So I, I'm counting on him to be, and I think the offense can slow him down enough. If I'm the Patriots, I take away <clears> – <throat> I take away Antonio Brown and Eli Rogers and the tight ends, and I and I, I dare them because you know how I feel about the run game. I, I don't think you can get beat by a team that's going to run the ball. Um, and if you run the ball over and over again, eventually you're going to be in a, you know in a third and long, and that's a high pressure, high leverage situation. Which is I think we've actually seen that from Ben a lot this season. That in those situations he hasn't been great. So if I'm the Patriots, I don't stack Aitman in the box. I, I play I play pass the you know pass coverage defenses, two high safeties, contain Brown and make them beat you by just driving the ball with Bell all day and then try to be good on third down. So, um, Right, right. Yeah, so that's it. You know, that's kind of my whole synopsis. And the last little point I did want to make, because uh, it'll be interesting if this happens early in the game, um, you know, if the Patriots can handle the adversity, because I think the Steelers can come out and make some plays. The Patriots have not trailed um, an opponent in 361 minutes um, of gameplay. And the, so that, if wow. you do the math out, the last time they trailed a team, was when they trailed uh, in the third quarter against the Jets um, back in week 12. And since then, they have not trailed an opponent for even a single second of the game. Yeah, I believe the numbers, and I was looking this up, and I, I don't have it in front of me, but I believe the Patriots have the lowest um, um, amount of minutes in possession while trailing of any team in an NFL this year, which uh, kind of jives with the, what you just mentioned about uh, not trailing against any team since that uh, last game. Against Jets, I will say this though: there are two things that you brought up that I want to touch on. Number one is the Patriots' run defense. I think has been actually very, very good, sneaky good. Uh, uh, according to and as you called out, Football Outsiders, one of my favorite sites, they're ranked fourth in the league in DVOA on run defense. They've actually allowed uh, a league low six rushing touchdowns while forcing eight fumbles on running plays, which is second best in the league. Uh, They were just one of three teams in the league to not allow a single 100-yard rusher this season. So uh, I think the Patriots have a sneaky good run defense, but now they're facing Le'Veon Bell, who is one of the best in the business. Remember, he is is, uh, third best in the the NFL uh, after contact, averaging 2.08 yards per carry. Uh, And, of course, this last weekend – we saw what he was able to do against the Chiefs, 170 yards on 30 carries. That's almost six yards per carry. I mean, what do you think here? Uh, Le'Veon Bell versus the Patriots' run defense. Do you think that Bell can get anything going here, or do you think that the Patriots' run defense really has the edge? Yeah, so I, I, I buy into the Patriots' run defense. 
you know, they haven't faced any elite quarterbacks this year, but they have faced elite running backs. Um, and they've been good in all those situations. Even going back to week one with David Johnson, they faced uh, Le'Veon Bell once. Um, obviously, in the division, they faced uh, LaShawn McCoy twice. They faced Lamar Miller twice. So, you know, they've definitely and they've, uh, faced the Jai twice. So they've, they've had to play good running backs this season. Uh, Gurley, as bad as he was this year, but still a bigger name. Um, mm-hmm. So I buy into that part of it. With that said, um, you know, they stopped Le'Veon the first time for having a 100-yard game. But they were really stacking the box that day and because, if you remember, um, it was Landry in at quarterback because Roethlisberger right. was out. That was after his knee injury against the Dolphins. So, and that, that, right. that game, that was more of a game plan of, well, stack eight in the box and say, hey, if, uh, if Landry Jones can beat us, then, then, you know, hats off to him. But we don't think he's going to beat us. And he made some <laughs> exactly. atrocious throws, in that game, including the pick in the end zone to, to Butler, where he jumped in front of uh, Antonio, who actually had – two steps on this Landry seen it, you know, five seconds quicker. Um, right. So I, I think Le'Veon's going to be, I think he's going to get his this weekend. Um, and with that said, if I'm the Patriots, again, I, I think that's almost the defensive game plan is let him get his yards. Let him, let let them run the ball 30, 40 times in this game. Um, and then, and then, you know, and then bog down the red zone, just like the Chiefs did last week and exchange touchdowns for field goals. And I think that's really the Patriots best chance in this game. Yeah, I I, uh, I kind of agree with that. I do think, though, that Le'Veon Bell is a threat to score every time he touches the ball, but I think that the Steelers will need more offense than that in order to kind of in order to uh, to stay in stay relevant in this game. Now, I, I will say one thing about uh, Brady and edge pressure. I do think that he can be susceptible to edge pressure, and I think that if the uh, Steelers can get edge pressure on him, significant edge pressure on him, there is a possibility they could disrupt his game a little bit. I mean, the Texans actually, they actually did have a little bit of edge pressure on him during the, during the, during the game last week. Uh, not as much as, um, as I would have liked to see because I think they have good edge rushers. But at the end of the day, the Steelers do have, I mean, since week 14, have been actually very, very good uh, on pass defense. They've actually put a lot of uh, good pressure on uh, opposing quarterbacks. In fact, they had a sack rate of 7.8% since week 14, which is the fifth highest rated in the league over that time frame and the best among remaining playoff teams. So I do think there's a chance that the Steelers could put some pressure on Brady. Uh, I think it will be very, very difficult, though, particularly if Brady and the Patriots have the ground game running as well. So what do you think was wrong with LeGarrette Blunt, or do you think that there was just, just not part of the game plan last week? Yeah, I think they're pretty much done with Garrett. I think you, I think they've kind of completely tipped their hands here down the stretch. Um, Deion Lewis has a long injury history, and so I think the Patriots were really, really cautious with him when he came back, shelving him. Um, and, and you saw it last week. He is the number one back on this team. Um, and in the games where they really needed a run game against Denver, against uh, Baltimore, and uh, one of the final games against the Jets, Deion outcarried. Uh, blunt in all of those games um, and last mm-hmm. week. So when there's a game that they have to have, you know, he's the guy. So I think for LeGarrette, if you get the ball inside the five, you know, they're going to pound it to him. Um, but on every on every day or every down plays, uh, you know, the it, Dion is not a third down back. He is, their, he is their every down back. And, you know, the crazy stat is in the last two years, the Patriots are 15-0 and when Dion Lewis plays. Um, so wow. he's, the, he's the real factor. You know, the you have two superstars for a long time for the last couple of years on this offense, and it's always been about Edelman and Gronk. And I think the reason the Patriots have survived this year when Gronk goes down, because it's always been, if one of those two guys goes down, you're done. 
Um, and that's been pretty much the rule for us since 2012, you know, since, since Hernandez's last year, because he was really the last kind of X factor guy in this, in this roster. Um, right. But now you have Lewis. So are you worse when Gronk's out? Absolutely. But Lewis is the guy that can still be a game breaker and a game changer. And then, you know, you're going to get white, his touches because he can come out of the backfield and catch. So LeGarrette will be kind of right. a specialty back, I think down the stretch here, but I think this is Dion Lewis's team now. All right, so time for the prediction. Over-under is 51 on this game. Patriots are favored by six. What do you think, Ryan? Give us a prediction. Oh, I am, I am, I am nervous about this weekend, I'll be honest. So, um, you know, a lot of legacy on the line, a, a seventh Super Bowl trip, and if they win one, it's the fifth. No guys, no quarterback's ever done it. So, get nervous over here, but I'll, I'll take the Patriots in a, in a really, really close one. Um, I'll say 27 to 23. The Patriots pull this one out. Um, so obviously going to be un- be under on the point total there, but and and they will cover the spread. Yeah, interesting. So I, I am going to say again that I think that there that there's going to be the over, but just barely, just barely in the over. And I think that the uh, Patriots are going to cover the spread. I think they're going to win handily. I think they're going to cover the spread. I think Bad Ben is going to show up again, and they are not going to be able to win on the back of Le'Veon Bell by himself. So that brings us to the end of this week's episode. So let's ring the bell on this one. And since it's the end of the episode, give us your Twitter account so everybody can follow you, Ryan. Yeah, it's going to be uh, at Ryan Whitfield, N-E. All right, and you can follow me at FB Garbage Time. Until next time, enjoy the NFC and AFC Conference Championship, and we'll be back next week to preview the Super Bowl, <laughs> whoever that may be, because it's for the best teams in the NFL and the Conference Championships this week, and we will see you again after that in order to get you primed for all the Pro Bowl news that I'm sure that you're all going to be wanting to hear. All right, have a good one, everybody. 